0: Welcome to Church Online this Easter Sunday. Really glad you could join us. We are celebrating life today. We're celebrating a resurrected life, and it's so great we can do this together in this form. And it's great worldwide we can actually celebrate that Jesus is risen. It's a significant point in our faith, and it's great to celebrate that today. You know, Jesus is all about life. It's what he's about. It's about life and Personally, I don't think we will ever understand the significance of Jesus' death. The significance of him coming into this world in human form and living, but then to die? I don't think we'll ever understand the significance of that because Jesus, God's all about life. It's not in his being to have death. Never experienced that. And so I, never, I don't think we will ever understand the significance of that because Jesus is all about life. We are started a new season, started on Good Friday, continuing it today, and it's called the good life. And it's because Jesus is all about life. And you know what? There's a declaration from Jesus. He's very clear in his word, in his Bible. And we looked at this on Good Friday in John 10, 10. And it says this, it says, The thieves. Purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. It's pretty clear. My purpose, Jesus says, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That's Jesus' purpose for you, for me. He so wants you to live a rich and satisfying life now and for eternity. It's huge. But we live in this world where both of those purposes exist. There is an enemy, he's the thief, and he wants to kill and steal and destroy. And Jesus wants to give a rich and satisfying life. It's interesting, we've just recently done a series called Both And. You can check that out on our YouTube channel, where things kind of exist together. This is another one of those. We live in a world where we can see death and destruction. And we're seeing a lot of that now. But we can live as people with a rich and satisfying life, or life to the full It's possible because Jesus is all about life. No matter what circumstance, no matter what's going on around us, we can live with a rich and satisfying life. In this time of crisis, right now, we can still live with a rich and satisfying life because Jesus is all about life. You know, we can just stop and look sometimes. And even in crisis, even in things that are crazy, and see that Jesus is all about life. I mean, it was only a little while ago in our nation when bushfires were huge and they devastated lots, lots of areas. And now we can see new life starting to spring out of the destruction because Jesus is all about life. It's in the DNA of our world. And I love seeing that, just the the budding of new life, things coming alive again. It's a beautiful thing. And then when you look at people, I mean, I love hearing news of new birth. And when a new life, a baby is born into this world, it's beautiful. And can I introduce to you this morning, if you haven't seen already, this is Ari Ray Hewitt, a week old. I don't know if you've met Candace and James from the Life of Coast Community. Candace is our worship pastor. She's on maternity leave. But this is their new little guy. Ari Ray. And so from conception, a baby being developed in a womb and to this new life that Ari's birthed into. He's taken his first breath. It's this new kind of life because Jesus is all about life. That's his nature. He wants you and I to be people that come alive and live this rich and satisfying life. Despite the circumstances, you know, I can almost hear some people say, are you dreaming? Is that, is that really possible? I absolutely believe it is. To live a consistently deep, intimate, rich and satisfying life with Jesus, to live life to the full. Jesus wants you and I to come alive. And that's the message that I want to explore today, this Easter Sunday. Even if it looks impossible, even if our surroundings look very dim and dark, Jesus wants us to come alive as people and live this kind of life. You know, God's declared, God's testified this in 1 John 5. It says, And this is what God has testified He has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son, does not have life. You know what? You can actually miss out on this kind of life now and for eternity. Don't miss out on what Jesus wants to give you. He desperately wants to give you this beautiful life, a good life, rich and satisfying here now and eternal life that is even way better than here. So if we look at the Easter story and we look at this good Sunday, if you like. Here's the story of the resurrection. And I want to read part of it from Mark 16, from verse 2. And it's from the message paraphrase. And it says, it says this. It says, very early on Sunday morning, there was three women that went to Jesus' tomb. As the sun rose, they went to the tomb. And they worried out loud to each other. Isn't that interesting? We worry out loud. Um, Who will roll back the stone from the tomb for us? And then they looked up and they saw it had been rolled back. It was a huge stone. And they walked right in and they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed all in white, and they were completely taken back, astonished. You know, you put yourself in the shoes of these people and what it felt like, what was going on emotionally. It's huge. Continues, he said, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus and Nazarene, the one they nailed, on the cross, he's been raised up. He's here no longer. You can see for yourselves that the place is empty. Now, on your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going on ahead of you to Galilee. Galilee, You'll see him there exactly as he said. They got out as fast as they could. Beside themselves, their heads swimming, stunned. They said nothing to anyone. You ever been like that where you've been so astonished you can't even speak? It says, after rising from the dead, Jesus appeared early on Sunday morning to Mary Magdalene, whom he delivered from seven demons. And she went to his former companions, now weeping and carrying on, and told them, when they heard her report that she said that had seen him alive and well, they didn't believe her. And later he appeared, this is Jesus, in a different form to two of them out walking in the countryside. And they went back and told the rest, but they weren't believed either. And still later, as the eleven were eating supper, he appeared and, and took them to task most severely for their stubborn unbelief, refusing to believe those who had seen him raised up. And then he said, go into the world, go everywhere and announce the message of God's good news to one and all. Whoever believes and is baptized is saved. Whoever refuses to believe is damned. Jesus proved to the world, Once for all time, that he's alive and that he has victory even over death. However, we have a choice. You have a choice. I have a choice to believe. You know, in this account that we just read, I couldn't help but pick up on this theme of unbelief. It's almost too good to be true. And many people didn't believe immediately. What do you believe about Jesus? Do you believe he's the Son of God? Do you believe he came into this world as a human and lived and, and died to pay the penalty for your sin, for my sin, that he rose from the dead, that he sent his spirit to live with us so we can have this good life? You know, quite simply, people would ask me, you know, what, how do you know if you're a Christian? How do you know if you are a believer? And, and I like to say it like this, that when you believe that Jesus is who he says he is and he's done what he said he's done, it's pretty simple in, in my kind of thinking That Jesus is who he says he is and he's done what he said he's done. If that's the case for you, welcome to the family of God. And maybe this Easter is the Easter where you sense there's this fresh revelation that Jesus is God and he did that for me. And if that's the case, you're a Christ follower. It starts a whole other journey. You can come alive spiritually. You know, in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2, it says this, For God says... At just the right time I heard you, on the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. That's today. This Easter Sunday, or if you're watching it later, this day. This day is a day that you have a choice to believe that Jesus is real, he's alive and he wants to give you life, this good life now and for. Eternity, your choice. But can I encourage you to really look in to get to that point of belief? For those of us that already believe in Jesus, we need reminding, although at least I do, that I'm a new creation, that the old has gone, the new has come. I've been born again. There's, there's, I have come alive in Jesus. There is a, a new nature in me. And sure, I've got my old nature, but there's a new nature And I need reminding of that. But it's past tense. It's a done deal. It's already happened. We don't need to keep begging God for this new life. Once you believe it's yours, it's a gift, and he sends you his spirit to live within you, to give you this good life. You know, totally accepted, totally loved, totally forgiven. Given this new life now, a rich and satisfying life now. You may have heard this before in Colossians 3. It's a great passage of scripture. The whole chapter is, but here's just a few verses. It says this, starting from verse 1. Since you have been raised, raised to new life in Christ. See that? It's past tense. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. You know, if you're a believer in Jesus, you have already come alive. You've been raised to new life with Christ. That is fantastic news. You know, Romans 6.10 says this, when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. This is Jesus. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So That's talking about Jesus' life. So you, that's you and me. You, so you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Is that how you consider yourself? Do I consider myself that way, that I am alive to God? that I am living this good life and want to live that more and more? Well, so, so what? The message paraphrase kind of speaks into that. And this same Colossians verse says, So, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. <laughs> Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle Along, eyes to the ground, absorb with the things right in front of you, look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from His perspective. You know, right now in our current crisis, what do you see God doing in this crisis? How does God want you and I to live in this crisis? It raises the question. Uh, What are you thinking about? Are you absorbed with the coronavirus epidemic? Now, sure, we need to pay attention to that. We need to follow all precautions and do everything we can. I'm not saying that. But I think if we're not careful, we can be so absorbed in that. There's people in our country that that's their job to do that, and they're doing that. But for many of us, I think we can get stuck in that media space and be totally absorbed in thinking about all this. And it just breeds fear and panic and worry and we've seen that in our nation how can we lift our eyes while paying attention to that To go, how do we see things from God's perspective and understand we're living this good life and it can be this good life even now now's the time for us to shine now's the time for us to come alive especially to the people around you that see you are living with you you can make a real difference in this point in history What about the church? The church is really a group of Christians, the the worldwide church really, as together we are the church. What do we do together? You see, Colossians is great because I love it when it says, set your sights and put to death. And later on in verse 10, it says, put on your new nature. And so for us collectively, individually, it's a choice. But if we can make this decision and as the church choose to live this good life intentionally, it's powerful that we can shine in this crazy time. We can really make a difference if we live this good life authentically. It says in Colossians 3.10, in that same passage, it says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. You see, as believers in Jesus, we have a new nature. It's already there. It's within me. It's within you. But there's still a choice to actually put it on, to live out of it, to choose to live a good life. If we don't, I can end up living out of my old nature. and it's pretty horrible. But to live with the nature of God, to understand who he is and become more and more like him and, and choose to live that way, that's the good life. But we need to put it on like we put on clothing. The Bible uses that analogy to put on our new nature, to put on different godly characteristics because they're there. It's like, just let them show up. Let's just let us live with that. I have a sign in my wardrobe that I printed out many years ago, and it simply says this: it says, Clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, there's even a window in my wardrobe. It's the only space I get in my wardrobe. That's it. I've got that tiny space. Um, but I want to be reminded, and it catches my eyes every now and then, that, that I want to clothe myself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in the way that I live. Do I get that right all the time? Absolutely not. But I want to, and I want to know my Creator more, I want to understand the nature He's put in me, and I want to allow His Spirit to sort of fan that into flame and and cause me to live really intentionally and authentically. Church, let's live this new life, this good life, a life that shines in this world. It is rich and satisfying, and we can live that. You know, the Bible's clear that as the church, we are the light of the world. That doesn't change, that's consistent all the time. The Bible's clear that we are the salt in the earth, salt of the earth. So now's the time for us to make a difference and it's primarily in the way that you live. Wherever you are, if you're still working in a space, you've got people around you, in your homes, that we can live authentically with this new nature and that is living the good life. This is our opportunity to shine. Well, what is life to the full? What is a rich and satisfying life. How would you describe it? What is the good life? I mean, even thinking about it now, if I was to ask you that question, what is the good life for you? You know, what's living the dream? We hear that often in our culture, living the dream, I'm, I'm chasing the good life. Well, I want to ask you a question this morning. What is the source of your good? What are you looking to for good, what's at the foundation? What's at the source of your good? What makes life good for you? What's worked? What hasn't worked? You know, it's pretty easy to see in our current climate that things can change, things can disappear, things can diminish, and it can happen any time. And so, we've got to be very careful about where we place the source of our good. In one Timothy six from verse 17, it speaks into this, and I think it's a key word for our time. It says, to to all the rich of this world, and stop right there, that's, that's that's a lot of people, that's probably the majority of people that are watching this right now. I command you not to be wrapped up in thoughts of pride over your prosperity or rely on your wealth, for your riches are unreliable and nothing compared to the living God. Trust instead in the one who has lavished upon us all good things, fulfilling our every need. Remind the wealthy to be rich in good works, of extravagant generosity, willing to share with others. We're seeing lots of that in our current climate, aren't we? This will prove a beautiful foundation for their lives and secure for them a great future as they lay their hands upon the meaning of true life. That's living the good life. So can I ask you, what's the source of your good? Jesus is consistently good. He's the same yesterday, today and forever, the Bible says. And the Bible defines God as good. There's lots of definitions of God. God is love. There's lots of references to God is good. Check out the Psalms, Psalm 34, 8. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, if you're watching this maybe for the first time this Easter Sunday, my hope is that you're tasting and you're seeing and it's going to cause you to lean in more that God is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. And then the message that says, open your mouth and taste, open your eyes and see how good is God. How good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. You know, when Kel and I and our family went to Vanuatu a little while ago, it's quite life changing for our family because our younger kids saw a different culture and just saw a faith in that culture that was so beautiful. And I just loved the mantra that they had amongst themselves and you've probably heard it because it happens in lots of places where they would say God is good and someone would answer all the time and then there'd be another answer is God is good and so God is good all the time and God is good he is in Nahum 1 7 it says the Lord is good a stronghold in the day of trouble and he knows those who trust in him You know, there's a lot of trouble around us, but God is good in the middle of all that. And when we understand that, and if God is the source of our good, we can stand strong in any kind of circumstance and trust him. And I want to encourage you with that as you live this good life. So what would it look like for you if Jesus was the source of your good? With Jesus as a source of your good, what could it look like? What if the good life was a peace, a deep peace that had massive impact in the way that you live, that brought calm? What about the good life being contentment where you are really content in any situation, plenty or little? What about a life that was without fear or without worry? What about a life that you knew with all of your being that you were totally loved, totally loved? Totally accepted, totally forgiven once for all time for all of your sin. Present, past, future, done deal. What would it look like to live a life where you are totally secure in who you are? You're secure in your relationship with God, there's no doubt. What would it look like if you knew your identity? That's a big question in our culture, but you knew who you were and you lived in it in a deep way, that you knew your destiny. You had deep joy. You had courage to live. You had a faith that was strong. That's the good life. It's a good life that you and I can live now. It's rich and satisfying. I mean, I see too many people in our world chasing after the good life in things that will never provide it. I see people studying it, paying money for courses, and that's all good to, to, to have personal development. I'm not saying that. But if we're doing that to chase a good life, we're going to be disappointed every time. Jesus is the source of our good life. He makes us come alive. And He's proved it. Because 2,000 years ago, on this day we're celebrating today, Jesus came alive. Was resurrected from the dead. And we have victory over death. And we have this good life that we're invited into today, tomorrow, for the rest of our days, for all eternity. But it's your choice. It's my choice. But I want to encourage you to lean in, explore it. And if you do have a faith, go deeper in it. Put on your new nature. Live with it. If this is one of your first times in church online or stepping into a faith space, I want to encourage you to to lean in. And you know what? For those of you that want to check that out some more, I mean, I've touched on a whole bunch of things, but it's all in the Bible. There's some great resources at your fingertips. Here's two that I use consistently. Bible Gateway. On the internet, So it's, the, the web address is on your screen there. Check it out. There's so many different translations. It's good to actually read the Bible in all different translations. And if you start in Matthew, Mark, Luke or John, you will actually encounter Jesus personally. The UVersion app, if you go on the App Store, you will see that that's a great app, again, with lots of translations. We've, we've got God's Word on our fingertips. And so I want to encourage you to lean in. So to conclude Today, maybe, just maybe, today is the day where you felt a personal revelation. Man, there's so much more of this than what I realized. Maybe this day is the revelation that you've gone, My goodness, Jesus is God and he gave his life for me. If that's the case, don't ignore it. I want to encourage you to believe and check it out some more. This day, this Easter Sunday could be the day that you step into the kingdom of God, the family of God and become a Christian. Can I encourage you in that? Lean in, embrace it. But you have a choice. It's your choice. No one can do that for you. Or maybe you have a faith already. Can I encourage you personally and us as the church, Christians together, that we have been raised to new life in Christ. It's happened. So therefore, we set our sights on the realities of heaven. We put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within us. We keep working at that. We put on our new nature and live out of that and grow in that and live this good life. That exists within you. You have his spirit. You have a new nature. But it's your choice. We put it on. We live intentionally and authentically with Jesus in that space. Let's come alive. Jesus is all about life. And as the church, this is our opportunity to shine. This is how we make a difference. And it's primarily by the way that we live, even more than what we do. So can I encourage you today? Let's live this good life that Jesus has for us. This rich and satisfying life here now and for eternity. Don't miss out on that. It's a beautiful, it's the best way to live. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you that today we can meet together in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that your word comes alive. And I pray, God, for anyone who's engaging in this today, who maybe for the first time has understood, Jesus, that, that you are alive, that you did live and give your life and rise from the dead and you did it for me. And did it for my brothers and sisters watching this. I pray, God, that if that's the case, that today would be the day of salvation and there would be a decision to believe. So I thank you for that, God. I thank you that, that you're drawing people to yourself and I thank you that decisions like that are being made. Praise you, Lord. And Lord, for those of us that do have a faith in you, Lord, help us to authentically live the good life the rich and satisfying life you have given us. Lord, help us to be the church together, to come alive, especially in this season. Help us to shine and to make a difference and may you receive the glory in all of that. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's been great to journey with you. We'll see you really soon.